0: Welcome to the Buck and Strutten podcast, The Chronicles of Two Unlegendary Public Land Hunters. Your home for hunting tactics, strategies and stories. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to the Buck and Strutton Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Bellis, and in this episode I am going to uh just kind of explain what's been going on and what we've been doing and kind of why there's been a lack of podcasts here since uh early September, right before Bow season started. I uh I definitely realized very quickly that I may have bit off more than I could chew when it came to uh balancing my home life, my work life, my school life, bow hunting, and then trying to do the podcast. I uh, I kind of, I went into it with not a whole lot of content ready to rock and roll and I uh, I learned that something was going to have to kind of hit the back burner until I could get some things under wrapped. But I am uh, actually recording this on the 18th of January. So our bow season is over, and I've set some new goals to uh, accommodate the new year. So I am uh, I am going to do my best to try to come out with one podcast every two weeks. If I can get a podcast out every week, hey, that will uh, be even better. But let's get into uh, talking about some hunting. My deer season has been great, you know. I, I kind of went into the season with some goals I really wanted to have more encounters with deer and that that happened I, I have seen a lot of deer this season and I, I couldn't be more pleased so that helps bolster my confidence knowing that I am taking the right steps to harvest a three and a half year old buck you know and I, I have seen this year' I've, I've, I've seen in person, two three and a half year olds and that was just one of those deals where one was out of bow range and one is uh I was hunting with a buddy and that that's his story so I'll I'll let him tell it but I just I really cannot convey enough that this season has has been great I uh I ran into a bear in I think early November sitting in the stand and lo and behold a little sow came walking through and that was a pretty cool experience I had never seen a bear in person before I've had him behind my house and I have uh I've had him on my trail cameras but seeing one in person it was it was pretty surreal you know a lot of people they go their whole entire lives with hunting around here and they don't ever see one but the uh the love and hate relationship that goes into bow hunting whitetails can be one of the most stressful things out there and I uh, I realized that when gun season was right around the corner and I still had a tag left to fill, and and I guess I, I kind of go into why I was just so so picky per se on what I was going to shoot. I, uh, I bought a cow, a quarter of a cow, back in May, and my freezer's pretty full. You know that's a lot of meat. My household there's only there's only two people, so we're still really working on that cow. And I knew going into um, archery season that I needed to be very cautious and just be a little selective of the animal that I was going to harvest because I really only need one deer to get me through the year. I'm out of my immediate family. My girlfriend and I we we venison, but really nobody else is too interested and whatever, you know, it's the more the merrier for me. But the, going into rifle season, it just, I was so disheartened because it seemed like a lot of different things had, had stopped. We went into the pre-rut. It was great. There was, there was a lot of deer movement. We've seen a lot of young bucks chasing does and a lot of bucks that I sat there and contemplated thinking, Man, this would be this would be a great way to go, but those dang trail cameras had given me other intel of the three and a half year olds and the older that are out there, and I I stayed the bow, you know, like I I just didn't I didn't divulge into it. And I don't regret it per se, but what I do think is I got sucked into hunting specific spots. And that is something that I'm, I can be very guilty of, especially when I know there's a big buck in the area. I, uh, I sit too close and I overhunt it. And that, that takes a lot to confess, but that's the truth. And so that is a, a lesson learned. Moving forward, I need to divulge my time, especially during hunting season, as scout three-fourths of the time on a quarter of the time and as life continues on and my schedule gets busier I'm going into my senior year of college I'll actually graduate next fall so it was my last semester but I know that I'm going to have to really focus on time management and using the best of that time to really get out into the woods I was also this year very very proud of the fact that I stayed with it for the most part with a uh, Shooting my bow consistently throughout the season, I uh, kind of tapered off there. Probably the, the last month of the season when the holidays came around and a lot of family stuff started happening, and also had COVID for a couple of weeks, and that uh, that kind of put me on my ass for just a second. But moving into the postseason now, and I'm excited to have some pretty good upcoming discussions and with some people here soon i uh I really wanna get out there and get my boots on some new ground and just divulge that and soak that all in and try to find these places where the deer are at now. You know, look for the sign where they went whenever gun season was there, and the pressure pushed them deeper back in just to try to add that to my toolbox for information of next year. the uh, the other thing that I'm gonna do is I picked up some some new books over Christmas, and I'm excited to get into those and just learn what these guys are saying. You know, I finally got my hands on the, a couple of Greg Miller's books, and I got another Eberhart book, so I'm just really stoked to kind of broaden my horizons on that as well. The, uh, the last couple seasons, I've had some experiences with some tracking dogs, one for myself and one for a buddy of mine, and they are just the coolest things to watch, you know, watching them do their thing and get on the trail. It is, it's so cool. Uh, in my, in my case, it was like a big old mix of some sort. And this dog, I mean, he was so talented and he actually took us another probably 750, 800 yards past last blood. But the way that, this dog tracked. Is he was he was a blood tracker. He could track the blood from a deer, but he primarily used the scent from the deer's inner digital gland, which I I realize I just not knowing a lot about it. I I realize that all dogs can't do that. The tracker that came out and uh, tracked my buddy's dog. He had a bloodhound, and that that dog. I mean, it was just like a machine. You know, she she got to the shot site and immediately. Picked the blood up and it was just we were off to the races i mean we're literally running to keep up with her but even with her the the blood it uh you know started to clot there towards the end but just even just the little specks i mean she was on it and she was just hammering it out chasing this deer through the woods unfortunately for both of those stories you know if you've listened to uh previous podcast you know I, I didn't recover my buck and my my buddy's buck it it definitely clotted up we haven't had any pictures of of that one but it is definitely something cool and I am uh, I'm gonna dibble dabble in that a little bit you know I've, I'm gonna take my lab and I was amazed at just the lab that his name's Luca he he doesn't have any background in this whatsoever I uh, I got him when he was two family that he was with was they were moving and they couldn't they couldn't take him with them. so when he came to me he had no no background on this whatsoever and I went and picked up a a shed antler to train him on it and I was just amazed at how fast he took to it and how he just he hammered it you know he, he longed for the days that I would go out there and hide that damn shed and he would go chase it and it got to the point now where i can hide it and he will i mean when i say hide it i mean i'll bury it in some leaves so there will be no antler antler visible and he'll sniff it out and i'm excited to get him out there here in the next couple weeks and just really put it to the test and bolster his confidence up a little bit to find some sheds you know i hunted last year for sheds but this year i'm I'm going to go all out. I'm thinking that that's, the, that's going to be the next project for the next couple of months is to really try to locate some of these sheds and hopefully go into some new places and find some sheds there. The uh, The second thing is too is <laughs> I have another dog that is just so prey-driven and I've tinkered with it a little bit. My neighbor had killed a doe and he cut off its uh, front legs, which I use those hooves and Woodrow he's a little lab terrier mix he I mean he was all about it he wanted everything to do with these deer hooves and uh so I'm gonna practice with that and there's an organization the United Blood Tracking Association and I believe there's one for just about every state so the Missouri Blood Trackers Association they uh they hold events and they hold little get-togethers and stuff that you can go to take your dog and try to get them on the board and testing level but whether or not I'd pursue it in in that effect I think it would be cool to just read in on that and get a little bit more information because at the end of the day you know it'll only make you a better hunter especially when you start talking about shot placement and blood you're seeing it'll help you be a better tracker whenever you're trying to track that wounded deer but really you know that's kind of caught you up to speed on what's been going on and I know that here in the off season two, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone when it comes to archery. I uh, I really want to stretch out to about 50, 60 yards. And I don't know if I would ever take that shot in the hardwoods around here. But if, uh, if I can shoot 50, 60 yards pretty clean in my backyard, my confidence at 20 to 30 to 40 yards should be a lot higher. And that's, that's something being new to archery. This is my fifth season. It's, It's taken me this long just to get comfortable shooting at forty, so I am really gonna hammer out at that at longer ranges, and with that, there's a lot of different things around here here in Southwest Missouri that you can go do with a 3D shoot options and just getting out of my comfort zone there as well. Because a lot of times when I shoot, you know, I'm perfectly fine when I'm with my buddies, you know, family, or just by myself here. But when you get around a competition setting, it kinda gives you that that edge of, Oh, well, I, I don't want to embarrass myself here and so I'm gonna I need to do good. So I'm gonna try to amp that up and shoot some three D shoots to just kinda bring my confidence up to a different level when it comes to archery as a whole. But this is a this is gonna be a short episode, guys. Like I said, I just wanted to kind of just fill you in a little bit and I've got a guest coming on, actually tonight, and that episode will be available next Tuesday. So we will uh, we will stop this here. As always, y'all, please give us a, a rating on whatever podcasting platform you're listen, listening to us to. And if you're not following us on Instagram, you definitely should. There's going to be some good content rolling out. So uh, stay safe, guys, and hunt relentlessly. Thank you.